you know those connections you make with strangers and you know that you will not like be together or even be in touch but somehow just that encounter makes helps you make some kind of a shift it kind of serves something everyone, welcome back. My name is Katie Dalebow and this is my podcast, Let It Out With Me. And you just heard a quote from today's guest. She's an actress, she's a filmmaker. Her name is Galia Barkle and I really enjoyed this conversation. As you'll hear, it was recorded a couple months ago, but what's really cool now is that her film is in editing and there are updates to what she's doing now in the show notes so definitely go and check those out she's fantastic i'm really glad i got to know her and that i'm in touch with her and she's just a really cool person and we had a really cool conversation so i think you're really gonna dig this one so make sure you stick around after the meat of this episode the interview with galia because there is a mini interview that i'm also really into it's with well no I'm stoked about because the interview is with Dr. Erin Stokes and she is the she's a naturopathic doctor she's been practicing medicine for many years and she's also the doctor on staff at Mega Food Supplements so you guys know Mega Food Supplements you guys love Mega Food Supplements I love them they actually are at Whole Foods and at many many health food stores I say in this interview but I take their supplements and they actually sent me this turmeric situation that goes into smoothies that's really anti-inflammatory that I actually really really enjoy as well and that we talk about as well as just some other interesting things about nutrition and really looking at it from a perspective of adding in some things you might not be getting in your food every day and it was just an interesting short conversation that's at the end of this episode talking about mega food a little bit with Dr. Erin so she was just such a nice person so I, I actually really enjoyed that mini interview so that's at the end of this episode and then make sure you stick around for me coming back on after to tell you who's coming up on the show the following week, and a couple announcements. So I really want you to hear those. So stick around for that. So before we get into the episode, really quick things to plug about where I'm going to be. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, the day it comes out, I will be in Chicago this weekend. So on Saturday, I am doing my book launch event in Chicago in Wicker Park. It is at the Secret Agent Supply Company store on Milwaukee Avenue in Wicker Park from 1 to 3 p.m. I'll be doing a book signing there, so come meet me. Come say hi. I would love to see you. I would love to hang out. I would love to give you a hug or snuggle or do a handshake, you know, whatever you're into. We can do it. So can't wait to see you then. Can't wait to sign your books. That'll be really fun. I think I'm going to be doing a yoga event the following day on Sunday. So if you are around, that might be happening. My friend Heather is 
is planning that because I'll be in town. So anyway, I'll I'll make sure you follow me on Twitter and on um, Facebook, and I'll I'll be sure to put the link out to that if that's happening. And then you know just a couple announcements. I'll I'll keep saying these as we get into the summer because, like I said, mostly every weekend I I am traveling or I've been traveling or I will be traveling, which is so fun. I I wouldn't have it any other way. And I want to say too. Shout out to Columbus, Ohio. I had so much fun being there last weekend for my book launch with my BFF Semi. We had a book signing event, and we also did something at the Wonder Jam. I spoke on this panel, and it was just such a blast. So thank you to everyone who came to that. This coming weekend, like I said, in Chicago, the following weekend, it's the weekend of the 23rd and 24th, I will be speaking at my friend Beth's yoga festival in Michigan. It's called Barefoot and Free, and I'm speaking there. I'm talking about making your life as a whole your masterpiece, not just your body, and that is on the 23rd. So info for that, again, in the show notes. And then the first weekend of August, I will be doing a live podcast episode in Toronto. So if you are in Toronto, Canada, I am coming to you and I cannot wait to see you. Info on that will be coming out shortly. So hang tight. But in the meantime, Chicago, I will see you Saturday and I cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, I hope you're liking the podcast. I would love your feedback on the podcast. If you would be so kind to leave a review on iTunes telling me what you think of the new format, telling me what you think of me as a host, what you think of the guests, who you would like to see on the podcast as guests. I'm really working to bring more diversity to the podcast. It's something that I've really become aware of and definitely want to mention all of the oh man, just the terrible things that have been happening in the world and and I just want to send love and light to everyone and just know that it's really caused me to think about my own unconscious biases that I have and that we all have, that we all need to acknowledge and try to improve. So one thing I'm doing is bringing more diversity in race, in topics, in conversations with people older than me, younger than me, different colors, skin than me, and different places in the country than I am in. So that is all coming your way, and I am really making a conscious effort to bring more diversity into the podcast. But anyway, like I said, I would love your feedback in the form of a review on iTunes. It really helps bring more people to the show. Please subscribe on iTunes, sign up for my newsletter list as well. It's the best way to keep in touch with me, what's going on, and follow, you know, along on social media as well. That's always great. I'm at Katie Dalebow in all of the places. And what else? I feel like there was something else I needed to tell you. Oh, I hope you guys are liking the book. The book, let it out. If you aren't in one of those cities, head into your Barnes and Noble and email me if you want me to come to your city. I totally will. And we could do a book event there. I love traveling. So what do you guys think of the book? Let me know about that too. On Amazon really is the best way to do that by leaving a review on Amazon of the book. And share this podcast with a friend if you think that it resonates with you in any way. And I really love you guys for listening. I really enjoy recording these intros recording the actual interviews, finding the guests. I love every single part of having a podcast. I love that it connects me with such cool people through the people who listen to the podcast, especially when I get to meet you guys in person, which I've gotten to lately through this book tour. 
and also through the guests that I've gotten to connect with and get to know and become IRL friends with in many cases. So thank you guys so much for giving me the platform to be able to do it, for listening, for subscribing, and I will see you guys at the end of this episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. I'm so excited that Galia Barkol is in Wonderland. She's a New York City-based Israeli actress, writer, filmmaker, and a multidisciplinary soul with with an international background. I'm so excited to speak to her. She's passionate about filmmaking and producing, screenwriting, poetry, performing, music, and she's just a real well-rounded, awesome person that I think I have a lot in common with, and I'm really excited to learn more about what she does and get to know her more live on the air. So thank you so much for being here with me, Galia. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be really fun. So I guess let's just start to get to know you by telling us your story. How did you get to where you are? Did you always know that you wanted to be a filmmaker and an actress? Oh, not at all. I actually, I grew up... um, I grew up playing the piano mostly, so for a while I thought that would be my thing. Um, and then also for a while I was very much into dance, but more kind of for fun. Uh, and filmmaking really came kind of late. It happened, well, in Israel we go to the army. So right at that period, um, things started changing for me. I, I started reevaluating the values that I grew up on. and. Um, I remember just finding this book called um, Film and Philosophy by this Israeli professor called um, Henry Unger. And it just it clicked for me immediately, like the understanding that film is not only storytelling, as people usually say, but it's also you have the power to translate a philosophical idea, a worldview into something that is ex- experiential and tangible and c- that people can relate to immediately. And so that what really was the trigger for me to start studying filmmaking. And then the acting kind of just came in as I started being in production of Filmmaking Friends and doing my own productions. And it just felt very natural to do that. So then I continued studying that in New York and eventually just stayed here doing both. <laughs> So what brought you to New York was the getting your um, more experience with film and, and acting? And well, actually, I, I studied film in Paris. So I spent there four years. And then my last year there, I had the uh, there was a scholarship I got to. It's, it's a specific French-American scholarship, like exchange students scholarship so I was really happy to go to New York um, and I came basically for one semester but it was so awesome and it was such it was so much the opposite of the French method which like it both are great but in France it's very intellectual it's very kind of deep and in in the U.S. it's much more hands-on so it was a great combination and when I got here I just knew that also in terms of the mentality and the variety of people and nationalities, it really worked for me. So then I just stayed here and continued studying here. 
Very cool. So tell, bring us up to the present and tell us um, about what you're working on now and your experience and the topics that you really like to cover in, in your writing and your films. Yeah, so um, it, it happened to me at a certain point. I was like every other actor. I came out of acting school and I was planning to audition and audition and just seeing what happens. And I am at a certain point, I realized that most chances are that by auditioning and by doing parts and other productions, I won't get to where I want to go because it was, um, it was, I, I realized when I, when I got to the point that I got a part, which was great, it was like, I realized I would want to make it differently. So then it kind of, uh, there was a shift where I understood that making my own work will really be the missing link here. Um, so then I started, I, I created this production company called Ring the Bells. And I started experimenting with a lot of shorts and scenes and um, at a certain point, I felt that I was ready and willing to um, to do something a little bigger and long term. Uh, and so this film really and, and like going through a personal uh, transition at the time, the film just felt like a very natural way to express that. Um, the film the film that I'm doing now, it's called Then What Happens? It's a feature film. Um, and it's basically about uh, an Israeli dancer who has known herself to be a dancer all of her life. And then at a certain point, she can't dance in a, anymore due to injury. So she moves to Brooklyn just for a while, just to kind of disconnect. And that is where the film starts. And the film explores what happens. It's something that everybody everybody knows that feeling. What happens when we perceived ourselves to be A, and then uh, we realize that it's like there is this moment where we something goes wrong, quote unquote, and we realize that if it was if I mean at the same time that we feel that that is who we are, we realize that if if it, it was really who we are, how, how can it be broken so easily? How can it be so fragile? So what am I if I'm not that thing? Um, and I think that a lot of films deal with identity. Um, but what interested me here is to explore something a little more specific, which is not that, you know, the typical hero story where you have a crisis, you lose everything that matters, and you go and, like, pursue the new life. I wanted to to let my character live in that moment of nowhere, being nowhere. And I suspect that although it feels a little like death, this is where life really is. This is life. Life is the place where you don't know who you are and what your life is about necessarily. And you can still embrace that and, and, and be present. Mm, I yeah. love that. Life is the place where you're figuring out who you are. I just... I think that's so beautiful and poignant and I relate to so much. And I love that you took, you know, as an actress, I think the interesting thing with acting um, is that you, and what's cool is that you're creating opportunities for yourself because I think with acting, it's like you have to wait for someone to give you permission to do your craft. Whereas with 
writing or with painting, no one has to give you permission to do it. No one has to give you an opportunity. You can just do it. But with acting, you, you kind of have to create those opportunities yourself or audition it and get the opportunity. So it's really great that you're taking that into your own hands and creating that for yourself. And your film sounds amazing and, and wonderful. So I would. is it something that's autobiographical? Were you, do you have a dance background or is just the premise itself um, autobiographical? Yeah, so I actually tried to make it as like in terms of um, the linear, like the, the narrative. Um, it's a dance. I've never, I never was a dancer, professional dancer. I always admire dancers because uh, there is something just like I envy. Like from from an outsider's point of view, I realize it's more complex than that, definitely. But um, to be able to be so free in your body and so on fire, and so it feels even like when I dance in the living room to Michael Jackson tunes, I can feel you know the electricity. That it's like it's. I I just I I feel and and that was just a good. Um, platform to tell that story of what happens to in, in to many people in many ways um, because dance is specifically so tangible and so absolute when you're a dancer it's it's like this is your life uh, but personally I was it was interesting because I was just going through a process of like I, I have a, I have a background of anorexia it was like maybe 10 years ago more and I, um, and, and the, the process of recovery as I see it, mental and physical, has been going on for over 10 years. Um, so, I, so I think the, my need to write, it's, and, and really um, what you said, it's like in the process of life is kind of life's purpose is, Life is more about like not knowing, but not really, or realizing who you are than than living who you are. You know, it's a process. It's kind of it's it's a journey. Um, so I feel the same way that in recovery, it was I needed to uh, both let go of of the previous life, but also let go of the expectations of the other side, whatever it may may be, and just just like go through that uh space in between um so with your recovery from your eating disorder can you talk a little bit about what that was like and where you are now with it I think especially as an actress and you're making opportunities for yourself but it's known to be an image where or an industry where body image is something that a lot of people struggle with and outside of acting, I know from experience it's something that we all, as women especially, really struggle with um, in our society. But can you talk about your experience with body image and if you ever have um, nostalgia for that old body and where you were and what it was like to be there? I recently wrote an article about anorexia nostalgia and how sometimes you can feel like you almost miss that even though you were sick yes. even though it wasn't right. you know something that you knew was good and you didn't like mentally being there it's just like when you look back on a relationship sometimes you only remember the good parts and you miss it you don't necessarily remember the all that went along with that so can you talk about that a little bit 
Definitely. Um, yeah, it took a long time. And I'm still, I think, like they say, body image is the first thing usually to trigger it and the last thing to go. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh my God, it's so true. I mean, this is really the last part that I'm now kind of letting go of. And it's, I'm pretty amazed that I can do that. But I'm also aware that it's not, hap- it's like, it's like there are no one night the success so it's mm-hmm. the same like with with recovery it's like it seems to be happening all of a sudden but it's it's a build it's building over the years the ability to accept and it's funny to me to think about it that like what, what it started when I was pretty much in um, high school um, and today that I'm like living the dream and really want to be an actress now now of all times I'm letting go of body images almost sounds crazy because as you said it's such an industry that is driven by like looks uh but it also it feels so right it feels like I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I wasn't at a very advanced place of um, acceptance and and freedom um and it's um I think it's interesting because um, over those 10 years I perceived myself to be relatively recovered for a long time until a couple of years ago and I am one of those like um, as someone with an eating disorder it's almost like the ideal situation I found a way after years of struggling I found a way to live with like maintain the disease but not experiencing a lot of symptoms and and maintaining also weight that is slightly underweight so when you know in our society it looks like normal and people flatter you and all is good Um, and you're not really aware of the sacrifices you make Um, it seems like you're living just a normal life and it was perfect and then um, my health started I started showing like there were signs of um, my body just not being strong and when a doctor suggested suggested that I should consider my weight, um, something happened. I guess I was also like mature, old enough to understand that health is also important, not only books. But um, and 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 then I started to really um, sacrifice that perfect perfect arrangement I had with myself to break it down and and see like what happens wow yeah that's I think that's a really brave thing to share and explore and do you think um your work in the future will explore eating disorders and your experience with it and your writing and your work in the future do you want to explore is that something you'll you would want to explore more Actually, uh, usually I say no. Usually I say, I mean, I think that eating disorder is a, a, a like obviously a specific problem, but I think it's more of a symptom. And I think many people use many methods to you know deal with life. So, uh, kind of the underlying reasons um, tend to interest me more. But lately, I've been actually thinking about since I'm from Israel. Um, in Israel, for example, um, a health at every size is something that no one has heard of. Mm-hmm. So I know that here it's a pretty small group too. But that is something that I sometimes dream of. Maybe actually like writing a book in Hebrew or or just sharing it in Israel 
um, that that a new way of looking at things and and the advanced research that exists in that area. Um, but in terms of my art, it's more about what I took from it was really, um, and I remember <laughs> I took uh, Kundalini yoga classes when I was in acting school. Do you know Kundalini? Yes, I love Kundalini yoga. Yeah, so it's like a very strong practice. And I remember I had this wonderful teacher and um, he gave me this book. And I remember the first sentence I read was like, you are not your, you are not your mind. And for me, that was like a discovery. Uh, that was the first time I realized that my thoughts are separate, that are not myself, um, that I can witness them. Not so one thought witnessing the other, not an internal dialogue, but actually just like looking at it from the outside. And that took a lot of power for my behaviors and, and, and the thought patterns around, around the disorder. So that was kind of a beginning of a more spiritual process that I think is not, obviously, as a, someone with eating disorder, it's very helpful. Um, but I think, I think it's glo a global thing. I think everyone deals with being stuck, um, identifying with a part of themselves and making that who they are. Do you still practice kundalini yoga? Is it something, and, and what other tools do you have that help you when you're in a slump or when you're having a bad body image day or you're questioning the way that you look or just not feeling good about yourself? What are some tools that you use now? So uh, I, I I really, I agree with, um, uh, I forgot her name right now, um, Shannon Cutts that, uh, from uh, Mentor Connect that um, uh, people like relationships really are um, um, like perfect substitution for <laughs> eating disorders. So although it's not always my tendency, I'm often an introvert and I feel very kind of self-sufficient in many ways. I found um, also thanks to my loving partner who's been with me through through those challenging times that the moment I I I can share that with other with with someone who is not who doesn't live in my head um, that gives me a a really significant relief and I, I and in mentor mentor connect I I also work with the mentor which a mentorship I think is is amazing in that sense um because I don't so much believe in you know um program I mean there are good programs but I think they can only take you that far and also everyone eventually has their own path and we need to find like to 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 learn how to listen to ourselves and what is good for us and right for us and our pace of doing things but with mentorship it's more kind of like just someone sharing what they've been through and that that I find it even more helpful more more powerful yeah I agree I mentor girls women as well and I I used to call it coaching but I think really it it's what I do is mentorship because I'm sharing my experience and the fact that I don't know everything and I'm not perfect and I'm vulnerable and real and raw with that but I also might be a couple steps not necessarily in front of but just have had a different path and it's really great to share that and I think these conversations having conversations like this and sharing the fact that 
we don't all have it figured out and we still struggle is really helpful. And I know hearing that the people I look up to and my mentors still struggle really helps me feel less alone. So, Right. And I also feel that it's kind of a relationship that is less dependent. I mean... It's um, which I think is good because I think in recovery, same way I felt when I was working on a film that you really want someone to tell you what to do. You really, really need someone to tell you what to do. But it's not. But it. I don't think that's the answer. And I went through. It was like a similar transition too when I realized that I wanted to direct the film. It's like understanding that you are the boss of yourself. At the end of the day, you are the boss of yourself and in the, in the sense that you really, only you can know what your vision is for your life and, and how, and, the, and, and, and only you have the intuition and the instincts um, to, how, to, how to go there and, and how and what you need. So really other people can only be there and like, and share what their experience, but it's really, I, I really believe that no one can teach you how to be uh, mm. something. That's so amazing. Yeah. I think, you really have to come up with it with yourself, and I completely agree. So um, what with that then and, and sharing vulnerability, what would be something that – what kind of doubts and resistance do you have currently, and what kind of things are you struggling with right now? The biggest thing is that I don't trust my choices. I tend to be – uh, I tend to be very uh, ambivalent, which is, I think, also um, uh, a good trait to have as someone who's creating art because you can see things from different angles and you, can, you don't believe in one absolute best way to do things. But, um, but, but that is, you know, I hear a lot. The word assertive comes up a lot in this industry. And I'm from Israel. And that what kind of drove me, like, when I left Israel largely because uh, the mentality of, like, just be assertive, just know what you want. Just so I, I felt it wasn't me. It wasn't, like, my natural tendency. Uh, but now I'm trying to negotiate that and find a way to not betray myself and my my personality but still to to learn and I think it comes with experience to feel more, more confident with um, making a choice and as we said like nothing is perfect and it's fine and it, there's no right and wrong and just standing but when I do make that choice to stand behind that choice and be fully you know there and vulnerable and just like give give my all to that decision I make to, to that direction I'm taking. Yeah, that's a great one. And just being confident, I bet that really comes up for you a lot as a director and a filmmaker and a leader. Yes, and it's, it really doesn't come naturally. And I think that, I mean, as an actress, you always, um, what they teach you is an acting school is you can't play angry, right? You can't play confident. These are results, not reasons. These are things that are, these are the effects of what you're feeling inside of what's going on, of the interaction and your surroundings and your life and your background. Um, so yes, people often tell me, I just had lately someone told me, uh, you gotta be confident. You gotta come on set and be confident. And I, I, I really want to be, uh, but my image of confidence is maybe, is maybe different than someone else's. And 
Um, and, and, and then the work that I need to do is not so much on how to behave with people on set, but how to believe that I know, like how to more intimately with myself, um, get to the point where I, I, there is some kind of peace about what, what I want to do and able to do and, and how to go about it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So what would you, what advice would you give to young actresses or, or people who just want to act or be involved in filmmaking or have a career like, like you have, whether they're young or not? Um, uh, two things. First of all, I think this industry is changing so much these days. I met a friend the other day. She's an actress and producer and had her own show. And I was like, and, 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 and we talked about web series and, uh, how it should be. Should you release it all at once? Should you do it with this and what length? And, uh, and I, and I told her, like, I really think like there are no, the, at least like for, for an emerging or someone who is not in Hollywood, I'm sure there are more rules in Hollywood, but like for now it's pretty, I think it's changing all the time and recreate that reality. So um, other than saying like make it short when it comes to web series, uh, it's mostly just like you have nothing to lose, but just being the most authentic you can be and like going with it and, 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 and yeah, I do believe in, well, this is my experience. So like you said, it can be so, it can feel so powerless to just wait for a role and go to auditions and, um, and, and yeah, and it's very empowering to, um, to create your own work. If, if you're attracted to that, I'm not sure everybody is into writing or filmmaking or, or producing theater, but it's definitely a direction that I found very satisfying. Um, and uh, the second thing I would say, and that's a kind of a painful one, but I think that may, uh, many people go to acting, especially women, because we're so, like, we're fed that Hollywood dream and being, you know, glamorous on TV, and it's really... Um, and, and, and sometimes that's, that's a very like that's a significant reason people go that direction they 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 want that and which is legitimate but I think just to be aware of what is your reason for pursuing this because the the journey that career like the time you built usually unless it's um there are other stories but usually you need it's like a marathon it's not a sprint so you need to have really good reasons to keep pursuing it Mm, yeah, and that Hollywood glamour, that fame is is fleeting. You know, I, I recently watched a talk from one of my favorite filmmakers, and he was saying that like when fame comes, you, it's not all it's cracked up to be, and you'll still his he kind of reached fame, and he was like, yeah, this is it. Like what's next? <laughs> so I think you really have to be in it for the love of it, and I think that on TV as a consumer of art and media what I like seeing more than glamour is realness and authenticity and grit and rawness so um yeah it's just interesting yeah I agree I think the audiences are also becoming more more sophisticated and the the like and then what we watch is like um we have so many options and yeah it's interesting sometimes to see the things that people like 
you think of Louis C.K. It's not it's not easy to watch necessarily his like his web series um, or I think that people just like whatever it is, it can be funny and can be tragic, but people react to something that is not aiming to please something that is just what it is. Yeah, I think we can see ourselves in that type of art. And then I think relatable art is is really what I am attracted to most. You know, I like watching characters that I can relate to. And in traditional images of people, it's really hard to relate to the to the main characters. Or you relate, but then you feel not good enough or not thin enough or not pretty enough or not perfect enough, you know, from some of these characters that we've grown up with so and then you don't know what actually goes into creating that to if it really is as perfect as it seems you know and that can be damaging yes yes I think it's it's um a lot of it is an illusion and it's also well as as I think like as you watch more and more of those you realize you're being manipulated as an audience you're often you know where it's going you know it's it's very um kind of uh, there's a pattern so it doesn't feel personal um always yeah it's it's a really interesting thing so where are you right now in the in the pro in the process of the project that you're working on with your film? Uh, so I did my fundraising. I, I was a long time in development, like for a year and a half or so. I was writing the script. Um, actually, the writing of the script was also interesting because uh, there were also like in any any big big like undertaking you take in life it's like there were times where I just had to throw a whole draft away and just trust that the real thing still lives in my head and so it took time for it to become something that feels whole and 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 really um has has a really three-dimensional and authentic um so then i i i fundraised um i just fundraised like last month i ended my fundraising and so now i'm starting officially pre-production so that should take about three months and then i'm planning to shoot in um in the winter um so yes i have a wonderful cinematographer that I met uh who really has um uh, we we have similar tendencies and the way we see film and and life and uh and I'm now ca- like I'm I, I'm casting and and hiring my my main team so that's exciting to meet people who feel excited about the same things and work together that's amazing so when do you think the film will be done and available for people to see um i think by summer um post-production will take um a while and then yes i, I hope that by summer i will be able to share it amazing uh, that's so that's, exciting i cannot wait thank you that's also what's great about like fundraising that you um you get to share that with people and there are people who who are care about investing in it you know who they are and you can like share it share it with them and update them along the way so it feels more like a really a community yeah so do you plan to what i'm not really familiar with the film process so what happens after post-production do you try to put it into film festivals or how how do you really get it shared yes film festivals online distribution um and screenings 
yes, that's um, that's definitely what I'm planning to do. It's so cool. I can't wait to share it and see it and and help you in any way that I can. It's it sounds well, like an amazing project, and I'm so excited to see what happens and, and be involved in any way that I can. Thank you. Thank you. That's so great. So what are you most excited about in your life right now? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I, um, I, I guess, I mean, I'm terrified. Um, and there is so much work ahead of me. And I just feel like the more terrified I become, I understand that I'm doing something big that is like closer to myself, because I know that's the scariest thing to do. And that's kind of, it's, um, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's new. I mean, it happens so rarely that life becomes, um, and life is like, our daily routine is pretty much usually around the same thing. And then you all of a sudden go out of your, you stretch yourself. And, and that's, I think, um, that's, that definitely excites me right now. Um, and just like seeing what happens. That's so exciting. I think you're right. Like when there's fear, it means you're on the right track and to follow <laughs> the fear. Oh, Definitely. Definitely. So what's your favorite part of living in New York? How long have you lived here for many years now, right? Uh, Yeah, I've been living here for seven years. So um, I really like, obviously, the diversity. um, That being an artist here is not something rare. um, And, oh, yeah, I guess, I mean, I think that going back to my personal story, when I was, I mean, I didn't tell the whole story, but when I left Israel when I was 22 after my, my military service, I was completely in, in, like, in the disease and, and lost and broken. And I really thought that leaving and going somewhere else would fix me. I would just mm. like, I wanted to reinvent myself. Uh, and of course, that wasn't that wasn't really a solution. So I moved to Paris, and things became much worse. Um, but by the time I got to New York, I did feel that my instincts there was something in my instincts of of, of going somewhere else and somewhere international. Because being as someone who has never felt one hundred percent at home at her in her own country living in a place where you can you where not being home this is a home for people who don't have a home basically I don't know if you're are you a New Yorker I'm not but no. I, I like New York <laughs> yeah so it's like I feel that's so it's so rare to meet someone like who was raised here as a New Yorker so it's really a city that belongs to foreigners yeah. And that's very, very liberating also in terms of really letting yourself let go of parts that don't serve you anymore. Um, So, yes, I think that New York made it easier for me to grow and to explore um, what I can be when I when I don't when I don't like have frame it in a certain way. Yeah, that's such a beautiful way to talk about New York. I've always thought that but never really heard it articulated like that so I really like that 
Where, where, where are you located? I live in Detroit. Oh, wow. I've never been there. Yeah. Well, if you ever come, we should hang out. And next time in, I'm in New York, we should get together. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is something I ask everyone who comes on the show because I think it really gives me a nice insight into what their lives are like from a really personal perspective. So what does your morning routine look like? What are maybe the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning and how do those things affect how the rest of your day goes? Wow, I used to have a we have a um, blackboard in our kitchen, a huge blackboard, and I used to have all kinds of you know I'm going to meditate every morning five minutes, and um, I never and I and then I, I never found a way to really have a solid morning routine that feels like it prepares me for my day, and I I I, I do get up in the morning and a million thoughts comes come in and and I pretty much um, but I do I do take a shower. Hour, which is uh, always um, good and I and I and I the first thing I do is go to um, a cafe that like in our neighborhood and just um, so so that's just the, the first my first station every day just um, going to because I I work a lot alone but I, I like the feeling of being alone among people um, me too yeah <laughs> So then on the other end of the day, what are the last few things you do when you wind down at the end of the day, especially working, you know, from home or from a cafe, how do you, and doing something where you're so passionate about, how do you really like shut down at the end of the day and end of the day? What do you do to relax and wind down? You know, lately I've been trying to, um, turn the phone. Well, let's not be radical, not turn the phone <laughs> off, but like, put the phone aside uh, in the last couple of hours of the day just you know because we the emails come in all the time and you can just like never stop but um, I I live with my partner and we're uh, and we spend the evenings together so it's so nice when I can finally disconnect and like you know the last the very last thing before bed lately has been uh, watching watching whatever is funny on TV on like uh, yeah online Netflix. Um, yeah Netflix crackle all those what have um, you been watching what have you been liking lately Oh my god, it's so embarrassing sometimes because like the more I'm into film, the less I see, the less I watch things. And um, but uh, I there are a few films that I really like and I like to rewatch. But uh, in terms of uh, just whatever like shorts, short stuff, it's usually I like to see comedies. I like I know that a lot of films are kind of dark and and deep, but. I really appreciate when someone can make something funny that is not totally, that is not like not intelligent. And that's really, um, that's a, the real challenge. And when, when people can pull that off, that's really fun. Do you have a TV show that you guys are watching right now that you really like? Well, um, I actually just watched the latest uh, Aziz Ansar. I was just going to say, <laughs> I cannot wait to... After this, that's what I'm doing. I'm obsessed. I, I need think, to finish it. Oh, yeah. Did you finish the whole series? Well, uh, yes, I totally binge watched it. <laughs> uh, I was alone for a week, and like that's what I did. And uh, we actually, so 
the, one of the perks of living in New York is that when you go to a comedy show, uh, sometimes those big, big comics come on a Sunday when nobody comes and like to test stuff. So I got to see Aziz Ansari. Oh, wow. Why? And yeah, I really, I, I like, I like his humor. I like his insight. Uh, and, and, and he talks about important issues in the industry. And I think he will really be a game changer in that sense. Um, so I yeah. I completely agree. It's, it's so cool to see him talk about things like race and racism and the industry and comedy and our parents. And it's just, it's such a great series. And I really like what he's commenting on in the series in such a mindful, interesting, entertaining, funny way, like you said, is is really brilliant. Yeah, I agree. So but- is there comedy in the film that, that you're making? Are there funny moments? Um, yeah, I mean, the film is a little... I, I let my imagination uh, um, uh, go wild a little bit. So it's, it's a bit... There are surreal parts, and there are definitely interesting unusual characters um the film is defined as a kind of as a drama or um magical realism uh but it's not but but there is definitely humor in it and the characters that are in it uh i was largely like in terms of the i I was more influenced in, in terms of the visual world and kind of the story i was more influenced by um, you know, films that are more, that are heavier, but I really, I would love it if I eventually will have something that is, you know, like they say about, uh, I won't make the comparison, but, um, just, um, something that is, um, easily consumed, like not that you don't feel that you suffer through to, to get the, the, the what it, what it That's offers it. Yeah, but also, but also something with, with like, yeah, but with substance. So, yeah. so, so, yeah, I think it will be in the directing and the acting balancing of like, um, yeah, the, the core of the story that is more kind of contemplative and, and, and actually, and it's interesting as opposed to life that is kind of messy and, and stuff happens and you just have to deal with them. Yeah. So what will you share some of your influences for this film and just in general, some films that have influenced you in your writing and what you create? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many. Um, I think there was really uh, there was a film that I watched recently and it was when I were when I rewrote the film for the last time it was last June or something uh and it's a film called uh when when evening falls on Bucharest it's a Romanian film but what it really changed for me is that it it's it's a perfect example of a film where you know what happens like what the filmmaker is trying to say is not in what happens but in how it happens Mm. So the life of the film itself uh, itself is kind of the, the point of it. It's not so much the, the narrative that people so often get attached to. The narrative is kind of just an excuse. But, but you watch the film and you just, you, you, and, and he, he doesn't have to tell you. He shows you what, what he wants to kind of um, express. So that was cool. And 
I, I think like just in terms of, I didn't talk about a lot about the movie, but there is a kind of a relationship in the movie that I wanted to explore between a man and a woman, which isn't a romantic relationship, but it's kind of a connection, you know, those connections you make with strangers and you know that you will not like be together or even be in touch but somehow just that encounter makes helps you make some kind of a shift it kind of serves something and then and both like walk away from this uh so that is like that reminds me of lost in translation which i really liked and take this waltz by sarah polly um so those were definitely inspirations. And the biggest inspiration was a film by uh, Kishlovsky, who is a Polish uh, director who lived in Paris, I think, for a long time. And he, and, and he uh, uh, directed a, thrilo a trilogy that is called, um, that is uh, The Colors of the a French flag. So the, the film Blue with Juliette Binouche was... Um, is the closest to my how I envision my film in the sense that it shows um, the life of a character a woman who goes who who went through something and she, she deals with the aftermath. So it's really kind of a um, a portrayal of a state of being, and he does it so well. It's it's really fascinating and beautiful although not so much as actually happening but just to see a personality and an inner life reflected reflected outside like how how he translates it to cinema it's really nice mm, that's amazing what are some of your favorite films that you can watch over and over again are, are those the ones that you already listed or are there any others that you'd recommend um yeah those four are pretty are pretty i i'm uh, I think I think might be at the top of my list. I, I probably have more than I don't remember right now. Um, yeah, let's say that's amazing. Is there any actor or actress or director that you would love to work with? Yes, thank you for asking, mm -hmm. Rob Cordry. If you can hear me, uh, Rob Cordry. Do you know him? He's uh, I think he's an actor. Many people know know his face, but not his name. What's Maybe. he been in? He's been in. Uh, he's like the one in, in Children's Hospital, and um, and he was in What Happens in Las Vegas. He often kind of plays the. Oh yeah, I totally recognize him. And I, I think I, I just I, I I love him. I love his sensitivities. And like I said before, like I want my film to be. It's kind of that part that is deeper and and more contemplative, but with the quirkiness of life. So I think he's like just I really I really like what he does. And I, I actually have a role that I have in mind for him. Um, and I hope he answers my letter. <laughs> That's amazing. He will. I can't wait. Is there anyone else? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, um, so Sarah Polly, I really find her work interesting. She's, um, she's a, like a Canadian filmmaker. Um, there are probably many that I just can't think of right now. There are lots of, um, yeah, there are lots of filmmakers, directors that I would love to have a conversation with. I love Godard. That's my French experience. Um, do you have a favorite comedian? Um, 
I think it might still be Louis C.K. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really, I really enjoy, I really enjoy him. I think like, like, like I think that film can be philosophical. I think that his act is, but not, not in a, not in a read a book way, but really in, in a very accessible way. He makes you think about the big questions, uh, kind of, he kind of does it elegantly behind your back. Like all of a sudden you find yourself in a life situation and you remember something that he talked about. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I think, um, my, my favorite comic Pete Holmes has a podcast and he talks about, I think he's spoken about this, like in relation to Louis CK, but like how a good comedian basically makes you feel something about life and makes you question things that you necessarily wouldn't have questioned kind of through this backdoor way of making you laugh but really it's a commentary on life and sometimes very serious things so anyways he says it a lot more eloquently and and better but that's kind of the gist of what I remember about it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's true about art in general. I mean, we're so obsessed with making, especially in the U.S., I think, we're obsessed with making productions really beautiful and kind of polished. And mm. the story has to work and the audience need to be, like, grabbed from the first moment. But, um, but yeah, I think it's... Um, uh, when when you make when when there is the like the, the most important ingredient doesn't always exist which is why are you making this film why are you having this act like what do you really want to say um and that's i think what draws people eventually yeah i agree so what's the best advice that you've ever gotten and the worst advice you've ever gotten <laughs> Um, it's not really an advice, but there is a sentence like that that got stuck in my head, which is like, you never know. Um, I think it might've been in some kind of a yoga circles, but really you never know. And I, I, I feel that it's such, it's such a liberating way to, to, to look at life because, um, when good, uh, sometimes like I remember, even in the process of making this film, great stuff happens, which happened, which eventually I realized were were not were not what served me. And then, like bad things happened, but that's why I decided to direct it myself. You know, so it's like if you're open to um, to what happens, um, if if you like, you realize that what you consider to be good and what you consider to be bad is not necessarily so you have more freedom to kind of um, navigate that and, and, um, and see, see opportunities that otherwise you wouldn't have seen because you, you would have framed it a certain way. Um, and I think the worst advice I've ever gotten was something like be, be a certain, be X, be like, be, be whatever. Um, it never worked for me. And, uh, it's definitely, I've definitely tried to be many other people in many other ways. And it only got me like, um, more kind of lost and groundless. So, uh, so yeah, anything that has to do with external behavior being as, as was always an advice that wasn't helpful to me. Yeah, that's amazing. I agree. So, Okay, so I have a fun question for you. If you were having a dinner party and you could invite five guests 
who would they be and what food would you make that's your favorite food and what would you love someone to turn and ask you at a dinner party and what do you hope someone won't ask you at a dinner party that you just don't really feel like talking about wow that's <laughs> that's all can they be dead too yeah <laughs> I just like randomly what comes up I guess um well I would love to have my my sister who lives in Israel um uh and I would love to have um Kubrick this is a person I would definitely like to have for dinner if you know he could um uh Henry Miller is one of the writers I, I, I adore the most. Um, um, Lou Kirby is an actor that I, I, I love. And, and yeah, well, there is also, there is also my partner who will, I, I'll, I'll invite because he's, he's here. So. <laughs> Amazing. And what food would you guys eat? Um, so, uh, yeah, good question. Well, actually, my partner has this um, underground hummus business, and Ooh. he makes hummus at home. Uh, I mean, for me, it's such like talking about the perks of recovery, right? So that's like one of the most amazing foods um, that I discovered lately. Um, in Israel, we eat it not as a dip, not as a spread, but as a whole dish. You kind of get a bowl of warm hummus. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. So you eat it like with a spoon? With nothing you eat it with it? pita. You just dip, like you eat it with pita, but you like eat it with your hands and you just, yeah, you, you have a whole bowl. And that sounds so good. It's very, very fulfilling, uh, and he makes it. It's amazing. So, mm. yeah, that that would be dinner, I think. I want that, like, right now. <laughs> I can sense it to you. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. <laughs> what does he put in it? What is it like? Well, it's very simple, uh, and he has two versions. One is, like, very spicy and chunky, um, which is the version I prefer. Um, and uh, there are secret ingredients that I'm not allowed to. Mm. Not allowed to say because he figured it out all by himself. Is um, it like chickpea based or not? Yeah, yeah, totally. Chickpea and tahini are the main um, things. Yeah. Mm, so definitely. good. Now I'm like hungry. <laughs> um, so then what would you hope that someone would ask you at the table and what do you hope that you won't have to talk about? Oh, um, I don't know. I guess I always... I kind of I, I I tend to like talking more abstract, more like um, I don't know uh, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I guess I guess I guess questions that make you look up rather than questions that make you look down. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so so uh, I I don't know what I would would not want someone to ask me um maybe maybe about about stuff that I don't care about or understand about so much um like money <laughs> yeah yeah what would you hope someone would ask you about questions that make you wonder is that the kind of what you're saying yeah I get a lot of those it's very satisfying to me when I can like just like think together with someone about yeah about about the big questions maybe and and just yeah look at things from 
on different angles and like talk about that. And I always enjoy when people ask me about myself, of course, I'm an actress. Yeah. After <laughs> so totally. I like to talk about everything, I think. Very cool. Much. So speaking of big questions, what do you think happens when we die? Oh, funny. <laughs> thinking when you said that I was thinking about death and question but I didn't want to be too dark um uh yeah I I kind of think that you um you know how they say you need to learn how to die in life to realize that there is no death really I kind of felt that way also about like recovery um that when when you when you let what you perceive to be your whole self die you you it's like it's like it's as if like when, when death is uh i don't know how to articulate it right now but it's death in a way is when you feel when 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 you go through a mental death it, it's a sign that you're probably living life and life feels like death a lot of the time i feel i mean like when death in a good sense of the word and a sense of freedom of not being attached um so I think kind of life and death have have a very close relationship and I I see I don't know what happens when we die but I do I do relate to the way of thinking that life is more of an illusion than death um so yeah I don't know what do you think I don't know. I mean, I I really like the mindset of it's all love and what we come from is this big, expansive, like, galaxy universe of love. And then when we leave, we go back there and maybe we hang out there and stay and it's all good. Or maybe we come back in another form. I I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I tend to like that best mm-hmm. than all the other um myths yeah. about what happens when we die that there's you know right or wrong or a gatekeeper right. that's mean Definitely. or anything like that really freaks me out so i think that's <laughs> that's the one that that seems the most lovely for sure um but but yeah i don't know i mean i really like i guess i think these are my the things that like are taboo to talk about like what happens when we when we die and you know all these things like how we really feel and that are raw and real and authentic and deep um you know like the the taboo things like sex and um creativity and death and religion and life and and um money even i guess kind of are all the things that are like that that are the most interesting to talk about and the most interesting to talk about in art as well so I think you know that would be that's why I like to just do this podcast because I can like meet people for the first time and and I have this reason to ask them really deep questions and like we don't have to talk about the weather I can ask them you know right what happens when when we die and like I totally agree I totally agree and it's like and 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 I I, there is this filmmaker Miranda July she's uh, I love her yeah she's so like she does everything I don't know how she does it she's just like she's amazing she is and and um she I think prides herself and um her ability to just come to people and just like ask you know how's your sex life I'm probably paraphrasing what she says but what she said but it's uh, yeah, it's like, why, why not? And I come from a culture in Israel, like people can come to you and say like, 
why 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 don't you have children yet you know it's getting late like people can say something like that to you so i think that people also mix what it means to like it, what is um uh, uh being personal and what it is being being just like um I don't know. I don't have a word for it, but it's like, what, what, what's interesting to me is really asking the, yeah, talking about the questions that are less about what am I as an individual maybe experiencing, or what is my life story, but more about like yeah, the collective experience and what it means. And this is something that I've been struggling with. Like you said, like I also I I, I the the concept of oneness of us all being like it's of it being an illusion that we're separate and individuals is very hard for me to digest and it's very scary for me to think of but it's definitely it definitely feels more right than other options yeah I completely agree and I think that yeah I think these conversations are just so much fun I love having them so mm-hmm. to lighten up from my last question that I asked, <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the time that you've laughed the hardest, if you remember it? Oh, it was lately. What was it? Someone made me, oh, someone did something funny, <laughs> which I, I sometimes like, I, I get drunk when I, when I, when I drink water and it's like a problem. Uh, so water? Like, yeah. It's like, a, no, it's like, it's a joke, but I, I do, I don't, I don't know what happens sometimes. <laughs> Just something, something makes me laugh. Not clear why. Usually it's the goofiest, silliest things, right? <laughs> no, I don't really, I don't really remember. Um, but yeah, usually it's just something like a face or, you know, a, yeah. like a noise or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so if you were trapped on a desert island and you could only bring one TV show to binge watch, one book to read, and one song to listen to on repeat, and one food that you wouldn't get sick of, what would it be? Oh no! I should have prepared for that. Um, <laughs> what was the first thing? TV show? Yeah. Um, not strong TV. I'm I'm having a TV crisis. It's uh, <laughs> it's really different. Um, well, I think that like uh, I'm I'm reluctant to say it, but uh, but Seinfeld is kind of it still works for me. It yeah. still entertains me. So I think it can like I can. I can, yeah, use it for a long time. Yeah, it's a good one. There's lots of seasons of that, so it would be. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What about a book that you wouldn't get sick of that you really like? Mm, um, uh, Well, there is the, like, The Eternal Lightness of Being that I really liked. And there is a French, like, uh, philosopher, Sarge, Sarge. Uh, who wrote the words I think or maybe words I, I don't know how it's translated to English but it's it's a book about his childhood and how he became the thinker that he became to be so I, I, I really enjoy rereading it every once in a while it's kind of filling the tank with the good stuff I really identify with what how he like how he constructed how he formed who, who he become mm, very cool um, and then what food would you never get sick of that you would bring? Is it hummus? Well, no, no. If it's only me, it's definitely dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Chocolate of any kind. Like chocolate is, is big. Uh, so yeah. Good. 
Yeah, maybe maybe living only on chocolate is an ideal, but it would be hard to let it to kind of give up. So, yeah. And what music would you bring? What song would you listen to on repeat that you really like? Uh... Um, well, there is one piece, oh, I'm sounding so heavy today, but, um, (laughs) there is one piece by, um, this, um, I'm very French. There's one piece by this, um, composer Ravel and it's, um, concerto for piano and the second movement of it is just like the most beautiful thing that exists to me. It's, um, wow. The effect that it has on me. And it just never goes away. So I would definitely want that. And and I need to admit that I'm a I'm a hopeless Michael Jackson fan. So Aww. if I do, there would definitely be one of those tunes that I can uh, like dance to. Yeah, that's amazing. What music are you really into right now? Is there anything specific that you have like on your headphones or you've been listening to lately that you'd recommend? Oh yeah, so there are all kinds of new new bands. I mean, that like Tom Mish, it's a young like you know, um, a, a guest singer songwriter, uh, more electronic kind of stuff, and I, he's really cool. I like him, and and Phoenix. I like I like Phoenix. I like I like so many different things. I like Johnny Mitchell. Um, you know, it's really the range is kind of crazy. Eclectic um, music taste is the best. Me too. Yes, like I go from Radiohead to you Michael know, Jackson. I mean, you know, yeah, it's like totally random, that's but it amazing. makes sense. Yeah, that's amazing. There's so much good stuff out there. I think it's silly to pigeonhole ourselves in one type of music. I think that's dumb because there's so much good stuff out there. Yeah, but it's so hard to find today because there's just it's so saturated. So yeah. you really have to make an effort to to kind of curate your own thing. Yeah, or get recommendations from people, which I always love to do. Right, right. Yeah. That always works well, right? Yeah, totally. Um, so this has been an amazing conversation, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Or wait, actually, I just thought of one more thing. So about your movie, what about the music for that? Do you know what you want the music to be like for that do you have someone who's scoring it for you um I have someone I want to score it for me he still needs to kind of um um um, no I haven't asked him but it's like I haven't because it's it's someone um I worked with before and I just find his music so interesting and 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 cinematic uh but yeah there are lots of really great composers I know um so that's really something that I'm not very worried about um cool. but yeah definitely I definitely I, I don't have time to tell you all that but I I did have a, like I, I did experiment with music and film and realized that that, that is really what makes or breaks a production. Um, good music can make your film so much better or worse. Yeah. So it's important. I yeah. Agree. That's amazing. So as you know, the name of my blog and this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? Oh, I think it's something about slowing down. Um, yeah, I think what, for me it would be just um, and and yeah and 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 living in the spaces between between one thought and the other and between one task and the other and 
that's really something that I am trying to go. I'm trying to go in that direction of um, not using um, things you do or think as means to an end, but 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 like yeah, just like really slowing down, being more present in like what's happening. Mm, that's amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and sharing about your story and your art and your history. It's been really amazing getting to know Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. excited. I have Dr. Erin Stokes. She is a naturopathic doctor and the director of health at Megafood. So I'm so excited for you to be here, Erin. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Katie, thank you so much for having me. I've been listening to your podcast and enjoying it and really happy to be here. Oh, that means so much to me. This is going to be fun. So tell me about you. Where in the world are you and what is it that you do? How did you become a, why did you decide to become a doctor and why did you decide to work with this organization as their health professional? Tell me everything. I would love to. Well, I'm a naturopathic doctor, as you told your listeners, and what that means is that I really believe in treating the whole person and focusing on preventive medicine. Now, how I came into it, I actually come from a medical family, but was always really drawn towards nature and natural healing, even from a young age. I mean, I joined a meditation group when I was a teenager and worked in a health food store. And so I really was always looking for an alternative way, another way to promote health and wellness. And so I have such a passion for education that after I did my training and I became a naturopathic doctor, I started teaching. I taught at our local acupuncture college. And I also worked at an integrative pharmacy where I did consultations with people and realized that education and communication was really my true passion as a vehicle to helping improving people's lives and inspiring them. And I feel like we need to give people the tools that they need so that they can live their best life. And that's what your podcast is all about too, Katie. I just think that I want to inspire people and also give them tangible tools so that they know how to make a difference. Oh, that's so cool. I love that so much. So why did you decide to work with Megafoods? And what is Megafoods? Why are their supplements so great? Tell me all about that. I take them. I use them myself, but I want to know from you. Oh, great. And Katie, what what are you taking? What are you using right now? I've, I know I've used them in the past just when I'm at the health food store and I'm like, oh, I need a vitamin yes. K or whatever. They're like, I always see mega foods. And so that's just the one I gravitate towards. And then sure. I know I take your um, probiotics. Oh, great. Excellent. Well, I came to MegaFood. I'm our medical director, and I really do a lot of education and communication um, for our company and really the broader mission of our company, which is to really improve people's lives. We believe that we're here to improve people's lives, and we have also have another slogan, it's fun to change the world. So I came to this company because I'm so aligned with the values and the mission of what we do. And Beyond that, of course, I want to be with a company that I know that our products are making a difference. And so I, as a naturopathic doctor, watched 
the beneficial effects of mega food for almost a decade before I actually came on board. You know, I was just talking with my husband today. He was saying, you know, when you started with mega food, you were already, you already knew so much about the company because you were utilizing it yourself and mm -hmm. recommending it for others. I think what really sets us apart, Katie, is our, our partnership with farm partners all over the country. Cool. That's so cool. So you actually source your products in a really mindful way. Is that what you mean? I do. For example, if you were to take our daily turmeric smoothie booster that I use every day in my green smoothie, you would know that the turmeric and you know what, we're going to make sure you get one. So we'll send one your way. But oh, the turmeric, cool. yeah, you'd love it. You just put it right in a smoothie. The turmeric is sourced from Kauai Organic Farms in Hawaii. So we actually have a United States source of turmeric and we know exactly where it's coming from. And not only do we know, we want everyone you to know and everyone else to know. Oh, so I love that. We have farm videos. You can go to our website, negafood.com. You can see where your turmeric is grown. Cool. You can actually meet the farmers. You can oh my listen gosh, to them. So cool. And you could see Dr. Andrew Weil touring, touring the farm. So yeah, it's so cool, is right? Because we believe that it's really important to have transparency and visibility for people to see where their awesome products are coming from. So not only do people say, oh, I feel, I feel the difference, they also can rest assured that their vitamin C, for example, in our multivitamins is delivered in organic oranges. And those come to us directly from Uncle Matt's Organic Orange Grove, which is down in Claremont, Florida. Every orange is hand-picked. So you can wow. imagine an orange getting you know, the peak of ripeness and then it's hand-picked and it's delivered to us up in New Hampshire. And so again, you could see, go to our website, see a video. I've met, cool. met Uncle Matt myself as many of our, on our team. Oh, cool. And so we, those connections and those farm relationships and those farm fresh foods really differentiate us in what we do. Yeah, I love that. My friends own a, a juice company, and it's the same thing. They source these organic ingredients, and that is the most important part of these products that you have is that the raw ingredients are sourced in this really, really importantly you know, manufactured way. And it's so great to hear more about that. So do you have a favorite product um, with MegaFood or did you mention it with a turmeric smoothie? Is there something that you think everyone should be taking or supplementing from your experience? Um, any tips on that for our listeners? Yes, thank you. It's a great question. I, I do love my daily turmeric and my green smoothie. And when I look at, you know, what is something that everyone should be taking. I really understand that the supplement world can be overwhelming for people. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll get to even chat on another session about that because people get overwhelmed. Where do I start? What, yeah, what do I do? Sure. That's a whole nother podcast. We should definitely get into it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think that we need to start with a strong foundation meaning that even it, with the best diet, and I know that a lot of your listeners out there are very health conscious and they're eating well and they're eating organic, but we find that even with the best diet that there's gaps, you know, we all do our best and there's gaps in the diet. So, you know, nutritional deficiencies are pretty prevalent in our country. And to meet that need and fill those gaps, we have this fantastic new 
doctor formulated multivitamin line and it's formulated by one of our partners and you know beyond our farm partners we also have these incredible partners in the world such as Dr. Terene Lodog she's a leading expert in integrative medicine and she helped us design these gender and age specific multivitamins they're two a day and so we have either special ones for men or women they're different ages and what I love about these is that like all of our multis, you can take them any time of day, even on an empty stomach. You know, our, our vitamins and minerals are delivered through whole food. And because our doctor formulated, we have active forms of our B vitamins in particular, certain B vitamins that are really important to have active forms. And again, we could go do a whole podcast, mm -hmm. on this, but I'll leave it at, um, we have these active forms of B vitamins and I take this every day myself. And so I love our new doctor formulated line. It's very thoughtful. Um, in terms of what's in there and how much is in there. And it's designed to mine the gap. And the gap is the, the gaps that we all have, even those of us that eat our very best, you know, we, we can have little gaps here and there. And to feel your most radiant self, it's great to mine the gap and get on one of these multivitamins. I'm a, I'm a pretty big advocate as a naturopathic doctor. I just really see the benefit. Oh, very cool. That's great. And it really takes the guesswork out of how many should I be taking, all of the different things. That's fantastic. So can you tell people where they can find those vitamins and the turmeric thing and all of your products and how they can use them? Sure. I'd love to. Again, you know, you can take them any time of day, even on an empty stomach. One last note uh, is that we test our product to be pesticide and herbicide free. Oh, We're working cool. with organic and sustainable farmers. I also wanted to let you know that we test our products to be gluten, dairy, and soy free. So okay. anyone out there that has allergens, you can rest assured with that. I think the easiest way, you know, you can find mega food at places like Whole Foods, Sprouts, um, for those of you that are near a vitamin cottage, um, independent health food retail retailers all over the country. And if you just really wanna find a retailer that's close to you, we do have a, a like a locator basically on our website. If you go to megafood.com, you can read our, our blog and check out all kinds of information about us and then you can find a retailer close to you. But as I mentioned, we're really widely available um, both in small independent natural retailers as well as larger national places like Whole Foods. Very cool, yeah, and I'll have all of that information in the show notes so people can just click right on over there. I get mine at my natural food patch that I walk to. So, um, oh, nice. Yeah, wherever wherever you guys shop, they should be there. So the name of my old blog and my old podcast is called The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, Erin, to live in a wellness wonderland, what does that mean to you? What comes up? Well, I, I have an image, actually, of a wellness wonderland, and I think – that it's not necessarily a place that we arrive to and that we just settle in. But I think a wellness wonderland is someplace that you are on the journey every day and you're able to enjoy the journey because you know that you're doing things each and every day to, to foster your, your health, to both you know your emotional wellness, your physical wellness. So it's a wonderland that is that reciprocity that happens when you're treating your, yourself well mm -hmm. and then you're feeling your you know your best self in the world but it's I don't think it's a destination I think it's a journey I love that and I completely agree 
You are so awesome. It was so nice to speak with you. I love your energy and your products and your vibe. And I hope I get to meet you someday in person because this was really fun. Thanks for coming on the show. Katie, thank you so much. I would love to come back another time. And I do hope we get to meet in person soon. All right, you guys, there you have it. That was Dr. Erin Stokes. She is from Megafood. If you want to check out anything that she shared, look in the show notes. That's where to do it. And also, Galia Barkle is who you heard before that. Be sure to check out her work. She is just such a fascinating person. I loved having her on the podcast as well. Next week on the show, Dr. Linda Bacon. She wrote two books that were so, so important for me in my eating disorder recovery and my body image work that I've been doing on myself in the last several years. And, you know, I just want to say I am in such a good place with that right now this summer. I, of course, have ups and downs. I, of course, still have bad body image moments, but they're not turning into bad body image days or weeks or months like they used to. And that, for me, is a huge win. And a lot of that is because of the work that people like, and particularly her, Linda Bacon, have done, and Health at Every Size in particular. And so I think, you know, next week's episode, it's going to be a really important one to listen to. It's also fun, you know, it's also interesting. You get to hear me, you know, be trying to handle interviewing this this person, so you might laugh at that, but it, it was just great. She's She was a really nice person to interview, and she's so knowledgeable and so smart and has so much experience in this topic that I think you'll really enjoy the interview, the conversation. And again, it's it's really important. We haven't had a body image heavy episode in a while. And I think it's important that we do because, again, this stuff isn't talked about as much in the media as it should be, as is helpful for women. We hear much more about manipulating your body you know, manipulating your size and weight to fit a cultural ideal, to diet, to, you know, really focus on healthy eating, clean eating, you know, on the basis of changing the way your natural shape looks. So it's really interesting to learn about health at every size, what that actually means. Dr. Linda Bacon's books, both of them, I highly suggest. Body Respect, I think everyone should should read. I really, really, that's her second book really really changed the game for me health at every size of course is wonderful as well we get into a lot of the concepts in next week's show but i again highly suggest checking those out anyway i can't wait to talk to you guys next week and until then have a great week and if you're in chicago come out and see me on saturday i would love to give you hugs and there's so many great guests coming up this summer i've gotten to interview some of my heroes and heroines so just stick around. Stick with me. It, I really am so passionate about this podcast right now. I'm so excited about the new direction, the new title even. just makes me feel really great about it. The people I'm having on the podcast, as you know, I've had some of my you know dream guests have actually come on. And it's been so fun at my events to get to meet you guys listening. So please keep sharing it. Please keep listening. Please keep giving me your feedback on who you want to see coming on the podcast, joining the Facebook crew, Facebook group, squad, whatever I'm calling it now, 
that's the best way to really give me that direct feedback. And I'm just so happy to be doing this, like I said a million times. I'm going to just stop rambling now. Have an amazing week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. Good morning, good evening, good night. I love you guys. Peace.